In this special episode, I had the privilege of sitting down with a seasoned momentum trader whose journey began in the most unexpected way through Neopets, an online game that most millennial kids would remember. This trader is not only very experienced, but also one of the funniest personalities I've met. Be very prepared because you're about to hear one of the most unexpected yet hilarious stories from a trader who once fearlessly traded at the office during his full-time job right under his boss's nose. Spoilers, this trader made some of his biggest wins and losses in the most unconventional ways, and his stories just kept on getting better and better. His name is Keith. Besides his volatile trading journey, you're gonna learn about his unique trading style, which focuses around technical analysis and indicators. In today's conversation, Keith shares his insights and pro tips on unleashing the power of technical indicators and when to use them. And trust me, some of his strategies actually caught me off guard. Lots of good laughs in this podcast and useful trading tips as well. Let's remember to smash the like button and join me on this roller coaster ride with the most volatile trader I've met, Keith. What's up, Keith? Welcome to the show. Hey, Shay. Nice seeing you. Keith, you're a very private person. You don't really have like an online presence or social media presence. So um, tell our viewers a little bit about yourself because you've actually been trading for pr almost 14 years now, over 10 years. You started yeah. in 20, 2010. 2010. Right? Yeah. So you, you've had a lot of experience, certainly more than I do. So tell us a little bit about what kind of trader you are and how you got started. <laughs> So in 2010, I was still uh, still in university, but even before then, like we were talking about earlier, is it, it started when I was in high school actually. And so I was um, this is when I was probably 16, 17, playing a game called Neopets, right? And uh, <laughs> I play that and, game too. <laughs> and in Neopets, uh, there's uh, there's actually a stock market inside. Um, that's the first time I guess I had a, a brush up with the stock market. Mm. Um, and you know, in the stock market, things move overnight. So you buy something on Neopets, and you know, or, or one thing, uh, a company on Neopets, and the, the 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 stock price changes overnight. And you get to buy, you get to sell, or you can buy more. And mm -hmm. so that's how I understood, uh, you know, what trading was. And so th you know, that's my first brush up with trading. And then fast mm -hmm. forward to 2010, um, I was in university, I think third year of university, and I started. Um, <clears throat> Looking into stocks on the stock market, and this is through my uh, my banking brokerage. Um, this is RBC okay. uh, at the time, uh, which offered like you know, not to not to shade RBC. RBC is a great company, but the the banking the trading rates uh, were horrible. Like you pay twenty dollars yeah, a trade. Yeah, I heard. Um, you know, my data was fifteen minute delayed. Oh uh, no. Yeah, so I was trading on fifteen minute delay data. Day trading. Day trading. Did you know it was Did. delayed? <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't until I realized oh. I'm just like, oh, what does a D mean beside the the, oh, <laughs> the deep price, delayed. right? Deep or delayed. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so here you are, penny stock trading on delayed <laughs> data. <sighs> okay, I was, it was amateur me, right? So it makes some really, really darn amateur mistakes. So um, yeah, so I, I in 2010 I, I found out about um, you know MJ stocks stocks. Uh, we got uh, bio bio, no, pharmaceutical companies, you know, mm -hmm. pharmaceutical companies are volatile in its nature because yeah, they're for sure. always FDA approvals and all that. Um, so you know, I, I, I can't remember which names now, but I bought a few stocks here and there and then like, you know, had some success, but ultimately like 
if you don't know what you're doing and I'm trading mm -hmm. on delayed data, like I ended up losing a good chunk of my uh, my savings at that time. Oh. And for, for, you know, for I think I was 20 at the time, for someone that young to be losing, it was about in the range of ten to twenty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. It's it's a lot yeah. of money. Um, so that was a that was probably one of my first devastating blows. And you know, the one of those these are one of those that I'll never forget, is is losing that amount of money, like pretty much my entire life savings at that point. It was all in a concentrated <clears throat> in the MJ sector. Probably just one stock. One stock. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so. Yeah, I would I would put my money in and then um, you know go on these uh, forums like in, <laughs> you know the forums like Investors Hub do your DD and then yeah, like yeah yeah um, yeah obviously uh, I don't I don't I don't do that kind of uh, reading anymore mm -hmm. I'm more strictly a technicals trader but yeah that's what it was then um, you know a lot of lessons learned through um, not. Uh, who not to trust and not trusting forums and mm -hmm. you know doing DD is is because. Technical trading should be separate from fundamentals trading, and and okay. you know, the more you mix it, the the more murky your decisions become. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that's that was in 2010. Mm -hmm. uh, going on with um, uh, my story here. So 2010, I, I lost a good chunk of my life savings, and then it took a while because uh, it took a while to to gain that capital back. Yeah. Um, and to to gain that capital, I had to graduate and I had to mm -hmm. go find a job. And then work yeah. hard for my money uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and, for and sure. save again. So you know that's that's the difficult part is every time you blow up, uh, to to gain back that that nest egg to try mm -hmm. to take another stab at it is is uh, uh, it's a, a huge mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. So I didn't save uh, I didn't save up enough until probably 2014 when there was another run, and I think I had oh, another. I had that's another. when you recovered a 20k loss. In 2014 well, with your job. Re recover it by working. Well, yes. By working, yes. From a, a steady, good old nine to five job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what everyone likes, right? Everyone Stability. needs it though. You know, yeah, think, in the beginning, well, everyone blows up. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Everyone blows up, you know, in in different ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> different sectors. Yeah, different sectors. Different ways, but uh, you know. So this is leading into my second blow up. Oh, and, okay. There's a second one. Yeah, there's a second one. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I saved enough uh, working my engineering job um, mm -hmm. and made, I think I saved up another 20,000. Okay. Um, this time and I had a little bit experience of experience in my pocket. I understood now that there's delay data. <clears throat> okay. So, so upgraded I've to upgraded. real time. I've upgraded to okay, real okay. time. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I subscribed to a different uh, charting uh, software. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was, but now I have charting software and I have real-time data. Okay. Uh, and so I tried again in on a run. Uh, so these, is it, and they go in cycles. These MJ runs mm -hmm. uh, that there's um, there's big pops in different names. And so I I, I put my money in, mm -hmm. and this time uh, I remember showing one of my coworkers like I put twenty twenty thousand dollars into the stock. I'm up a hundred percent. I made twenty thousand oh, dollars in okay. literally overnight because it was up a hundred percent overnight. Oh wow! And right, penny stocks. Yeah, very, penny very stocks. possible. Super, super volatile, right? And you, you can yeah. imagine like my emotions at that time. Uh -huh. And so this is very memorable. I remember sitting like this is at work too. Like, I told my coworker, I was like, and this is this is a coworker I was really close. I was like, okay. hey, like, look, I just made this much money overnight, <clears throat> and he's like. Wow, you know how much, how long it takes me to save up that much? Like, because he he has a family and all that. Yeah, it's, it's, it takes an entire year to save up twenty thousand dollars. For sometimes. sure. Sometimes even longer. And he's like, 
if you keep doing this, Keith, you might be able to like retire. <laughs> right? like, is that what sparked your idea of that initially? Like, oh, maybe one day you can quit your job and <clears throat> just trade. Oh, this is always in my mind. Oh, okay. And you know what? Like, I even talked to my boss about this before. I was like, you know, you're, we're not going to retire. Like, especially in this day and age, like, you know, inflation's so high and everything's mm-hmm. so expensive. Like, unless you have a steady, good job. And you know, I come from, I come from a pretty middle class family. My my dad worked in a warehouse. My mom works in a in a, in a minimum wage job. So. You know, that was always the, the, the life kind of plan. Yeah. Is, you know, find a good job, work the rest of your life, and, uh, you know, have a good pension uh, so that you can retire by 65. <clears throat> um, you know, me being me, it's, it's, I've always had a, an appetite for risk. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, obviously with that trade, you could see, like, I was, I was pretty risky. And that, that like, yeah. $20,000 again was all my money, right? Like, yeah. Put so, into wait, a so you stock. went all in? I did. <laughs> I have an appetite for risk. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, well, was it all um, like twenty thousand dollar cash, or was it margined? Well, it was cash. It was cash. Okay, yeah, but yeah, still, it's like a hundred percent of your capital in one stock. That's right. Okay. Uh, my mom always told me like she works. She she used to work in the banking sector. Like never mm-hmm. go on margin. Like because uh, mm. you know I'm I'm Chinese and uh, this back in uh, my parents had this experience back in 1997 in Hong Kong, where um, the stock market started to crash because oh. of. Um, uh, the Chinese government taking over, and there was a lot of um, you know uncertainty in the markets over yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, people ended up jumping off roofs, oh. um, yeah, uh, because they lost everything. Yeah, so you know, very scary times, and those people like you know they owed more than they could they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, one of the lessons learned is you know never go on margin, and and you know this could ruin your life, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I took that lesson into to uh, I took that my mom's suggestion into um, account and you know just trade with cash okay so you know if you lose everything you just start from zero again yeah zero is better than owing the broker yes money yeah so in that sense you were more conservative than most because a lot of people take a margin debt <laughs> yeah, consider, it's all relative <laughs> yeah, right yeah, like yeah, all yeah. in like come on <laughs> okay so uh, did you sell that twenty thousand? Oh, i did game? i made a lot oh, okay. of money at that time right like but the the name of the game is to try to keep your money. Like mm-hmm. we, yeah. we, you and I both know that a lot of people get rich, but who yeah. can stay rich? Yeah. Uh, not, not even rich, just a lot of people can make money uh, on the markets, and it's it's literally a coin toss sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if 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 half these people are all in, and half these people are all in, like you know, some people are going to lose all their money. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to double their money, right? Yeah. So uh, I think you know from that standpoint, I think I got lucky. Uh, mm. But I think some experience played into it because leading up to that 100% gain in 2014, um, I started to spot patterns in charts. Okay. And um, I didn't quite learn. Um, I, I learned a price action. I quite, didn't quite learn volume yet. Mm. Okay. So you know that's the second most important thing to pay attention to, right? Um, so over time, I would learn volume. But at this point in time, uh, it was all about price action. I was spotting patterns that I. Could mm. fo- I had a, I have a photographic memory of certain patterns that pay, to pay attention to leading up to big runs. Mm, okay. Um, so you know, fortunately for me, I was able to sell at that point. I did make twenty thousand dollars, but eventually uh, through these pharmaceutical companies uh, and and for throughout the end of the MJ run, it got mm-hmm. greedy. Oh. So you're holding, you buy a stock, it goes down, and you're like, okay, it's just gonna come back up, right? Uh, so was it? Were you still? Were, were all these day trades or kind of a lot of short-term swing trading in the MJ sector? I would say a lot of it was short-term swing trading. So you okay. hold overnight, sell the next morning. 
Okay. Um, because uh, in a lot of these stocks, they, they would gap up um, mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40, 100% overnight. Um, sometimes they would go 100% and another 100%, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, you want to hold on to some of these um, these uh, these stocks that are mooning. Um, <laughs> mooning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so sometimes uh, you overstay your welcome mm-hmm. and uh, you take a punch in the face. So that's what happened to me is I, you know, I made this $20,000, had some success and uh, lost it all um, through a lot of uh, tiny cuts here and oh, there. Oh, okay. Um, and eventually like the rest of it just is, is bag holding it. And eventually, actually, you know what? You know, what's funny is that I still have one of these stocks in my 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 uh, RBC brokerage account. Oh, it's, wow. It's, it's, it became an investment. It became an investment. <laughs> it's still bag holding. It's still oh, there. So okay. like, that's, it's been so 10 years. So you still have it. It's still 10 years. Wow. And it's what's I'm not like allowed to the... sell it. I can't sell it. Oh, it's delisted? I think I think it's delisted no, or it's I, I can't remember what it was, but it's it's um, halted from trading. Like nobody can trade it, oh, but it still okay. exists is, is the thing. Oh, OK. I guess that's the nature of trading these like pink sheets. Yeah. O- or like OTCBB, right? That's the. That's right. Yeah. yeah OTCBB. Okay. Yeah, so that's um, that's t- 2014, um, and then so I lost everything again. That's my second blow up. Is that also the same year that you made the twenty thousand dollars? Yeah. So it happened oh, probably. So slowly like, like bled out. Maybe two okay. months. Uh, so. <laughs> so you took a lot of expensive lessons oh, from yeah. 2010 to 2014. Yeah, and and I would say those impacted my life the most mm-hmm. because that's at that time it was everything I had. Mm. Um, so yeah, just you know, at that point, just stay at home, keep working, keep grinding, yeah. and um, you know, keep working back at it. I think the good thing is that you never quit your job that early on. Yes. So that's, that's you a, had the foresight of knowing that you might need more funding. Well, $20,000 isn't enough to quit your job. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if back then or even 20 years ago if that was enough. But mm-hmm. um, I think until you know you're, you're, you're able to you know, have maybe five to 10 years worth of um, nest egg, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't quit my job. Like, and, and that probably is something we talk about later that mm-hmm. uh, like my thought process on how I even ended up quitting my job. Yeah. It took a while. Mm-hmm. It took a while. Okay. So you took a lot of expensive lessons. Um, so do, what do you think and in, in which year do you think was the time where you finally kind of like clicked for you and you started getting more actual consistency in your trading, whether it's day trading or swing trading, where it's a lot less like up, up, up and drop. You know, mm-hmm. it's more steady grind up in your, your P&L curve. Your, your account and setting your higher lows, higher mm-hmm. highs, yeah. higher lows, higher highs. Consolidation, Consolidation. into a bull flag and breakout. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's 2017 rolls okay. around. Uh, actually, you know, even before that. So 2014 was my second big, big blow up. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2015, um, uh, I was working a lot at that time and, and managed to save a little bit from that last blow up. Um, and I thought at this time, I was 27 at the time in 2015. Is that you know people doing the math? I'm 35 today. Um, so <laughs> okay. 27 at that time, I was like, I have to move out. You know, I, mm. you know, I'm an adult now. I got to move out of my my parents' um, you know shelter. Yeah, you know, experience life a bit here, right? Uh, actually, it's it's probably a bit late. Like I, I, at that at that time, I felt like I was a bit late uh, because you know I think a lot of people move out 
a lot earlier than that, mm -hmm. like experience, uh, learn, learn life skills, right? And so I was, I was searching on the real estate market in 2015 to buy a condo. I was like, enough of this trading stuff, maybe it's not working out for me. Oh, so you were about to give up. Oh yeah, uh, a little bit, just two punches in the, two big punches in the face was, was mm. enough. Um, so 2015 rolled around, I, I bought a condo and, and even in 2015, I thought those condos were so expensive. Yeah. And so, you know, we <laughs> live here in, in the lower mainland in Vancouver area. And uh, I was, I bought my first condo for 470,000 for a 900 square foot condo. And this is like maybe a 10, 10 year old condo. That's, at the time. that's, that's so cheap. That's cheap. <laughs> that's dirt cheap. It looks cheap now, but yeah. uh, when I was searching at the time, I was like, wow, everything's so expensive, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at all these places I could uh, possibly afford with my one, one, um, one income, so a solo income. And I, so I ended up buying this place. Um, and then I met my then girlfriend, now wife, mm -hmm. uh, in, in 20s, you know, towards the middle of 2016. Uh, we started dating. She had her own condo at that time, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, it doesn't make sense for us to have two condos because we started becoming more stable. I ended mm -hmm. up uh, selling my condo in 2017, staying with her. Oh. And there's where all my seed money came for my next. Uh, <laughs> that might be the best trade ever in <laughs> oh, your life. That was absolutely the best trade. You know, like 2015 to 2017 in in Vancouver was, you know, I, probably all all around all around North America was probably one of the best um, uh, real estate gains. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I got lucky. I just I didn't know the real estate market that well. So I bought in 2015, sold in 2017 for almost a 50 percent gain mm -hmm. on that condo. And yeah. I was like, what do I do with all this money? Um, I was like, let's put it in some uh, stocks. <laughs> 2017. Okay, that's actually a good timing. Oh, it was. I great feel timing. like each time you you get into these MJ stocks, like, good timing, and also you learned your lessons from the last two big yes. blow ups. This, yeah. this, that's that's the actual um, probably one of the most important things is I got I got two blow ups out of the way, mm -hmm. and I learned some pretty important uh, lessons, and those lessons were. You know, never go all in on something. Yeah. Um, and the next lesson is all, uh, and, and not not so much lessons, but experience in trading, understanding charts and how they move, recognizing patterns. Mm -hmm. And by this time, I learned, I, I knew what volume was. <clears throat> um, I understood uh, some different technical indicators, um, but I was still trading by myself at that time, mm -hmm. uh, not with any sort of group, uh, with 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 assistance from others, people who had more experience than me. Mm -hmm. um, so along the way, I learned how to. Uh, spot price action what kind of patterns formed the different types of volume uh, the the volume at, um that's coming in uh whether it's increasing or decreasing volume relative to to the previous day's action or relative mm -hmm. to the previous time frame uh, depending on what time frame you're trading on um and then some other indicators i start using i uh, started using is the rsi levels okay um but not strictly because of the rsi uh the value itself but more of divergence on, on mm -hmm. the rsis right um, and, uh, you know, ADMA, the exponential moving average, I, I didn't really use then, but now it's a big part of my trading. Um, but really at that point it was just volume and price action and patterns mm. that had formed. Those three basic things that really propelled my trading career, um, in 2017 and 2018. Okay. And so that's, uh, you know, I put a portion of that condo money that I had into, um, into, uh, Aurora okay. and, uh, canopy growth. And this is October 2017. Oh, wow. October okay. 2017. Literally the week before it rocketed. I, yeah. So wow. I, I can't say like, 
you know, that that was definitely a, a lot of luck. Mm -hmm. um, but that definitely helped me uh, produce some seed money, well, not not seed money, now the house money mm -hmm. to take more risks mm -hmm. and uh, kind of uh, snowball that into bigger and bigger gains. So when mm. you took those trades in those specific MJ stocks, mm -hmm. was it more like you saw on the charts, like technically speaking, that they are, like you say, said, the increasing volume on the daily, like the patterns forming RSI levels. Were you taking those trades based on the technicals or a lot or were you just hearing a lot about potential legalization and all that stuff? So that's more like fundamental. Yeah. Which side were you? I think um, I think at that point, uh, not that not, I think I actually I know like mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of research into which 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 were the biggest companies that stand to gain the most when mm -hmm. Canada legalizes. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, yeah, I, I pretty much uh, zeroed in on Aurora Cannabis and, and Canopy Growth as the two biggest ones. And mm -hmm. these two companies stand to gain the biggest or uh, have the biggest buzz around them. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, ACB and, and CGC were consolidating and in, in yeah. probably months and months of consolidation. So I just bought right in and I was like, you know what, if I buy here, it's we're, we're uh, and, and another cycle of news comes out, these, these stocks are going to rip. Just, and they did. And they did. <laughs> yeah. And they did. And they did for two years straight. Mm. <laughs> and so like through the experiences I've had before, um, you know, I took some of those gains immediately, but then I started I started spotting some of these patterns that I had seen previously back in 2010, 2014. And I, I just knew like if the if the price closes on a certain pattern, um, and it ends up uh, like the daily candle ends up a certain way, um, and the let's say the, the hourly or fifteen minute uh, charts look a certain way, mm -hmm. uh, and the volume looks a certain way, then uh, this is worth swinging. And you know, just you, you you buy at the end of the day, and you swing overnight. It gaps up twenty percent, thirty percent. So you know, and and I took major risks at that point as well. Like, and, and it happened a lot again and again. Twenty percent, twenty thirty percent mm -hmm. uh, stacks uh, and gains, and you know, that's that's pretty much how I grew my uh, uh, my account early on in the uh, MJ heydays. Oh, so were you kind of like with the first trade, were you kind of scaling out and then re-adding back in on the daily? So you were swing trading for an extended amount of time. Oh, yeah. So you weren't buying and holding. You were selling, rebuying on the dips and selling the breakouts and redoing that, essentially. Position yeah. trading. That's right. So oh, it, was never, okay. it was never like an investment. It was uh -huh. never, I, I probably didn't hold things for more than a few weeks. Um, okay. And at that point, a few weeks is a long time now for me. Yeah. Um, because I'm more of a, a daily swing trader, but daily swing trader and, and scalper. But yeah, then it was more of um, uh, swing trading uh, and just buying at the end of the day and selling the next day mm. versus scalping. And so I, I did very little scalping at that time. It was more of daily pattern recognition and uh, swing trading. Mm. And that's, uh, that's where the profit really came in is uh, taking advantage of gap and runs um, just overnight gap ups, um, but then also figuring out like how far is too extended for a chart and what is the probability of something consolidating versus gapping up and running, right? Mm -hmm. And that really depends on the pattern and how far extended it is already is. So now that's another aspect of my trading that came from um, my background as an engineer um, is, is, um, is uh, statistics. Okay. Uh, and mathematics. And so I was able to you know, crunch numbers pretty quickly, understand the risk, um, mm. understand probabilities of something happening, one, one outcome happening over another. Um, and that just I drew on my experiences uh, on what's most likely to happen. Okay. And so, 
that's kind of the aspect of gambling of of, of trading right it's probabilities mm-hmm. like you know anyone can go into trading yeah uh, and and be somewhat good at it depending mm-hmm. on your luck but it's ultimately 50 50. Uh, if if you were to buy any sort of stock today, Apple today at the mm-hmm. end of the day, and sell it tomorrow morning, you're either up or down. If For you're, sure. If you were up, yeah, you could have easily you could have easily taken the opposite trade and you would be down the same mm-hmm. amount minus your commissions and spreads. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's that's uh, that's where I kind of had an edge is is understanding you know f- drawing from my experiences, recognizing patterns, uh, the volume volume uh, volume patterns as well. Uh, and then, you know, assigning probabilities to a certain outcome. outcome. Mm. So would you be tracking a lot of the these probabilities with like volume and certain stocks, certain sector? How did you track these things to know the probability of uh, a certain setup succeeding? Um, I wouldn't track it per se. It's, mm-hmm. So like, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, take a pen and paper and, you know, write down what they remember, but I'm more of a like a photographic memory type of guy like oh. I, I remember like when I, when I take a look at a chart I can instantly see whether or not it's a good setup like okay. I don't need to I don't need to draw it out I don't need to uh, you know write notes on okay it needs to be uh, setting up this specific way for me mm-hmm. to remember in the future what the setup would look like uh, and perhaps that photographic memory was from like my 2010 and 2014 blowups <laughs> like you never forget those like, right, yeah. you're like wow like what happened, right? Like, it, it, so it's it was so important, and and this is something I left out. Is in twenty ten and twenty fourteen, I took a lot of time reviewing, like, why why what happened? What did I do wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and um, you, you studied know, your losses. I studied my losses. Yeah. Um, and so you took take that kind of experience and and those um, kind of notes, and you, you move it forward and and uh, apply it to future um, trades. <clears throat> Okay. Sorry, I didn't. I don't know if I answered that question. Like, <laughs> no, I was just wondering because some people like what I used to do when I track certain setups is I actually have an Excel sheet. Yeah. And I would track the tickers, the percentage high versus the opening high, and see the probability of, let's say, I want to trade a gap and go setup. The probability mm-hmm. of that succeeding. So that's what I used to do. Some people do that, but. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah, for it's sure. It's a lot of yeah. effort and time, right? Where yeah. time can be used to focus on figuring out what the next best setup is, mm-hmm. versus like trying to, you know, go back and record, uh, record your performance. Mm. Um, so at the end of the year, I'll go look at my performance and okay. know, have a big Excel, Excel spreadsheet of all my trades. But I wouldn't say like I go into every single trade and mm. you know, see what uh, what my performance was on that trade. So I, w- I I guess I don't do it that way, where mm-hmm. you know. I'm, I'm swinging into a gap and go, what I think is a gap and go setup yeah. and what the probability is of, uh, or what my performance is on the gap and go setups that I'm swinging. Mm. Um, so yeah, I have no, I have none of that information because okay. I never took the time. I'd rather spend that time, you know, sleeping, <laughs> which <laughs> yes. is like, we lack a, we lack yeah, sleep. Yeah, on the West Coast, it's like, oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So it seems like you are very technical focused trader, right? You mentioned indicators, volume, patterns. Um, do you think the way you look at technicals and, re- and the way you kind of use these patterns today, is that different from when you first started? Did you have any, what, what was your style like when you first started versus now? 
So uh, when I, it depends on when, what the reference of when I first started. When I first started, I knew nothing, right? Like, 2010, 2014. <laughs> I knew, I knew delay charts. That's all I knew. So, yeah. you know, we're picking up stuff along the way. But, you know, fast forward to today, like, like I said earlier, it's, um, it's, it's a lot about, you know, two primary ones. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, everyone should always focus on and not really, in my opinion, sorry, is, is, is the, chart, uh, the price action, so the chart. Mm -hmm. And also, and also the volume. It's, it's price action and volume. Price action and volume is is really all you need. And you know, there's different indicators that we can use to to as sen secondary, um, a secondary, um, let's say, opinions of what the chart is doing. Uh, mm -hmm. So just that's the guide us. But okay. if if the price action and volume doesn't speak to you uh, as favorable, like no other no other indicator really is going to matter. Mm. Uh, and this is what I teach uh, as well. Um, and and uh, so those, I should go on to the secondary indicators. The secondary indicators I use again are is RSI, so specifically um, bullish and bearish divergences. Mm -hmm. uh, I use the eight exponential moving average, and that's actually very useful whether or not you're on the five minute, two minute, five minute, fifteen minute hourly, four hour, daily time frames. Mm -hmm. Even the weekly time frame works. So weekly, obviously, is more of an investment level like chart yeah. now, right? Like, um, <clears throat> but daily, it, it matters a lot on the daily because uh, the charts, a, a lot of charts react off the ADMA. Okay. Um, more so than I would say even the uh, the the view up. Mm. And I know a lot of people use view up. I know you use view up a lot. VWAP, yeah. Uh, so <sighs> view up is is good when you're looking for a pivot. Uh, when mm -hmm. it's consolidating, right? You're moving, you're, you're getting a pivot. Uh, whereas ADMA is more for momentum. Okay. Uh, so we're looking at momentum trades because the ADMA tracks the price price action price action uh, quite closely, rather than the VWAP is is going to be a little further away from if mm. if we're in a moment if we're in a big momentum day, the VWAP's you know so far gone, it's so far away, mm -hmm. so it's yeah. tough to use that uh, when you're in a momentum trading. And I'm a momentum trader now. Okay. Uh, so. I'm always looking for stocks that are, you know, that have had recent price runs, whether or not that's bearish or bullish. Um, so we're looking at stocks that are consolidating off a big run. Mm. And so we're monitoring the health of the consolidation, making sure it's healthy. Are we getting decreasing bear volume? Uh, and how was the bull volume on that big run? Mm. And uh, I, would use, I would use a Fibonacci retracement, so a tool um, on the charts to see oh, how far has it retraced from that, from where it, it took off from. And where it peaked yeah. out on, and how how uh, how is this consolidation um, right now? Is it healthy or not? Is okay. a high volume, uh, is a high bear volume, or is a high mm -hmm. high uh, sorry, is a low bear volume? Assuming it's a it's a bullish trade, right? And okay. So use your eight EMA on the daily and intraday. Yeah. Okay. ADMA. And your Fibonacci on the daily. Yeah, Fibonacci like when it's consolidating, figuring out like how okay. far it's consolidated, right? Like, are we are we past the point two three six? Are we past the mm. point uh, three eight two? Uh, are we past the uh, the point five? Or are we at the golden pocket at points point uh, six one eight mm -hmm. to point six five, right? So that's uh, that's that's they're very kind of important secondary tools. But again, mm -hmm. if the if the volume and price action isn't favorable, right? There, there's no use in using these secondary indicators okay. on, on figuring out if there's a trade idea or not. So do you use a secondary indicators as a way of potential entries exit or just to reinforce your thesis from reading volume and price action? That's right. Like, that's a good question. Like, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's so say like, um, we're in a momentum trade yeah. and uh, we've lost the ADMA, okay. but on what volume? 
like like um, that that's a really important question right like yeah. are we losing it like are, do we have really big bull volume and all of a sudden we're consolidating on on tiny tiny bear mm -hmm. volume yeah and the tiny bear volume we're losing the adma and some of these secondary indicators so the question is do you pay attention to the secondary indicator or the volume and so oh, I, I would always tell people the volume speaks to you more because it's telling yeah. you there's no sellers there's, mm. it's selling on it's selling on low volume although there are exceptions right there's always exceptions to everything it's the For market sure, yeah. and it's crazy like yeah. there's everything has happened that you could think of right and so it's never a guarantee it's it's never a one-way street where this mm -hmm. this indicator or this volume must tell you to do something you kind of use your own judgment is mm -hmm. all right it's consolidating in low volume but we're 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 we're, we're um we're past the 0.5 on the FIB. We've consolidated mm -hmm. more than 50% of the way up. Yeah. Despite its, despite its little volume. Hey, look, that play is over, right? Like, mm. let's give up and let's move on. Okay. Um, so technically, by what you just described, technically you can trade without any of those indicators and just oh, use volume and price action. That's right. But okay. they've improved my trading game a yeah. lot. Like these secondary indicators, uh -huh. um, to me, is a game changer. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if, if you were to blindfold me and not let me not use those indicators <laughs> yeah. again, I could still be a re relatively good trader just okay. with price action and volume, just recognizing um, patterns. Okay. And these patterns, like like you said, bull flags, they happen mm -hmm. all the time. If you were just yeah. to play bull flags and you you see the, the percentage uh, probability of those playing out, mm -hmm. um, you buy during consolidation, you buy on the, you sell, you sell a little bit on the breakout, mm -hmm. um, you're probably going to be a profitable trader. Mm -hmm. The problem is people like to overtrade. Like yeah. they force trades that you know aren't quite there uh, or hold, uh, overstay their welcome, yeah. and you know hold through um, a breakout or even a fake out breakout. You know, oftentimes you see bull flags or bear flags. They confirm, mm -hmm. they break those highs or lows, and then all of a sudden you get the wake of death. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Like this, that happens fake a lot breakout. too. The fake out breakouts. Yeah. Um, and they happen, right? Like so, you just as as traders, we don't know what the the follow through is going to look like mm -hmm. when it breaks out. But we know we can control the the probability of our entry um, before we even enter. So you recognize a good trade, uh, you know the probabilities. We just don't know the probability of it if it's going to get follow through. Mm, I see. So it seems like after so many years, your strength and your edge as a trader is in kind of putting all the information you just mentioned together, mm -hmm. right? At a lot faster and maybe with a little bit more conviction than you did in 2010 oh. to 2014. Now you know how to read all the pieces of information. Oh yeah, <laughs> conviction. Yeah, is, is a good word, right? Um, to put it is is once you have that experience, and mm -hmm. this is this is why like it's so tough to copy trade. It's so tough for to teach others to trade because where do you get conviction? It's through experience. Yeah, and, and the experience only is you know with with me, the experience is with you, but you can't transfer that experience, like the losses, mm. you, you can't draw from that, right? So unfortunately, like, you know, people who are starting off to learn trading, it, it's it's most difficult because you don't have that experience. So mm -hmm. where do you get the conviction? Where do they, these people get the conviction? It's through yeah. other people who have conviction. Yeah. Um, and people who ha have conviction have experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that's why it's tough for, I think, uh, newcomers and um, especially people who have who haven't blown up before too right? oh like, yeah you definitely need a few blow-ups to yeah, learn some lessons you know that's your tuition yeah and hopefully they're small blow-ups and, and you're not playing with too big of money that you can't really recover from right mm. so now that we know you are very technical based mm -hmm. price action patterns how much attention do you pay to catalyst or news that's yeah that's a really good question right 
Just um, curious. You know what's funny? Because like I, I speak once a week. Uh, okay. I talk for an hour, right? Like, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I would get punched in the le- <laughs> I get punched in the face because it's uh, it's CPI day, or it's like yeah, uh, like today. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like today. There's there's CPI. There's um. Uh, the Fed minutes, right? Yeah. And that moves markets. And sometimes sure. I would not know about it. And I'd be like, uh, oh, there's volume coming in. What's going on? And uh-huh. it's, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing because like, uh, I would have viewers and be like, oh, it's, um, it's Fed minutes, Keith. <laughs> so um, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, but you know, my, my theory around news and, and uh, understanding, um, understanding fundamentals is, is you'll see it on the chart. You'll uh-huh. see whether or not it's a bullish, whether it's bullish or bearish news, if it matters or not, mm-hmm. because you know you you might get uh, bullish price action, but you might there might not be volume behind it. It means no one's paying attention. Or if the news comes out and the chart's not reacting, mm-hmm. then that means this news doesn't matter, yeah. or, or it's already been put out, right? So I, I, my theory is, and my my um, and I draw from my experience is, news re- is reflected on a chart. You don't need to know what the news is. You just need to know if it's bullish or bearish and it, and what the chart is telling you, whether or not it matters or not. Okay. So whether or not it matters depends on what the big money is doing, whether mm-hmm. or not, you know, the buying or selling or dumping it, right? Now, a lot of these new, these pieces of news, you should pay, you should, I don't think you should put too much um, um, weight on it, okay. but to understand, it's just to know what it is. Oh, what is it? Like, okay. is it is actually is it actually fundamentally changing to a company or is it just the fluff news? Right. I think that's just how I evaluate. It. It's more of a black and white scenario is. Mm-hmm. And how I evaluate that is um, if the news changes like the bottom line of a company, like mm-hmm. um, is Microsoft buying out or acquiring Activision. another company? Activision. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, or are they undergoing a share change? Are mm-hmm. they are they diluting the shares? Right. Um, so that that really matters in the company, uh, or, or sometimes are they undergoing a share split? Because some mm-hmm. of these share splits, uh, share split news, uh, will fuel the the, st- um, the the price action yeah. in a stock. So it's some of those things are good to understand and just understand what's coming up. Like Tesla back in uh, I think 20, 2020, 2020, yeah, 2020? Tesla, Apple, they did it at the did, same time. They did the share split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so every time Tesla gets a share split, we know what happens. Yeah. It runs. Tesla's getting acquired by. Uh, Tesla's getting acquired by, um, no, not acquired, sorry. What was that? It was a big piece of, no, no, S&P is going to list Tesla. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was big news. That was big news, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and funny enough, I swung that day beforehand. Did you know? I didn't know. Oh, you did. uh, it there was, was some murmurs. Tesla was, oh. I think, breaking into, all, uh, no, it was it was a long consolidation. I think it was in a triangle at that point when yeah, Tesla actually got that news. daily for a while. Daily, maybe even weekly. Um, then it got a, a a big breakout. So I was playing the pattern. I was playing oh, triangle. So that's what you mean by a lot of times the technicals will kind of confirm the news too. That's when it broke up. The technical out. sometimes confirms yeah. the news and it's okay. just, it's kind of a, a bit magical how that happens. It's, mm. Is, you know, you get a pattern, we know which way it should break out, or okay. which way a pattern should break out and all of a sudden you get a piece of news that causes it. Like, you're mm. like, did, did somebody in that company know about this like pattern? Right? Somebody always knows something, I think. Yeah. In the stock it's, market. Uh, it's, it's weird. Um, and it happens a lot. Yeah. More, more than, it, so it doesn't feel like it should, it's by chance, right? Mm. Is there any tools that you're currently using? Well, I guess, is there any tools that you're using to help with your trading now that you wish you had when you first started 10 years ago? Like trading tools? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for your technicals, for 
so I, I think I think you know by now I'm a pretty simple trader. Like mm -hmm. I, I used to have a lot more indicators, and like oh, okay. the more indicators you have, um, the more convoluted your decision making. Becomes. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So you know this is you know I see people's charts and there's so many lines on there. I'm just like, how do you know which line to 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 you know pay attention to? Yeah. Like, how, and how much conviction? If it goes through this line, how do you know it's going to bounce off the next line? Yeah. Right? Like, how do you know which one to look at first? That's right. Um, so like I keep things simple, and, okay. and so I've mentioned those few indicators that I mm -hmm. use. But the, the the main one I think I would pick up and I would use more often is the ADMA. Is is ADMA? Is, ADMA okay. is probably one of the golden ones that I would uh, you know if I were to speak to myself. Okay. Um, when I first started trading, pay attention to the ADMA oh. because the reaction off the ADMA is is. Is uncanny. Okay. Uh, especially on like let's say algo days, where mm -hmm. stock is just like every every dip is being bought up. You're on, your, you're on a two minute chart, and it'll mm -hmm. bounce off the two minute chart, off the ADMA every time it consolidates off the two minute two minute ADMA, and it'll it'll confirm to a higher high, and then it'll lose the two minute ADMA. Then you flip over to the five minute chart, and the five minute okay. chart will grind off the five minute ADMA. And then it'll bounce off the five minute ADMA a few times, and mm -hmm. then you lose the five minute ADMA. Then you flip over to the fifteen minute chart. Oh, and it'll so hold you the confirm across all the time frames. That's right, but that's momentum. Usually, mm. in the beginning of the day, you get big volume, a very sharp, uh, very sharp candles, either moving to the upside or downside. So this works bear and bull. Mm -hmm. And then, um, eventually, you lose a 15-minute ADMA, you get hourly consolidation, and so on and so forth. But that's how um, that's how we keep in trades during momentum is that ADMA ADMA uh, indicator, mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's been. Um, it almost feels like a cheat code sometimes. You're looking at a, yeah, you're looking at a, st a stock that's in you know absolute momentum. Obviously, mm -hmm. the the prerequisite, prerequisite to using the ADMA on on a day like that is volume. We mm. want to make sure that volume is is high relative to the previous day's volume. Okay. So, yeah, I think uh, you know the first five minute candle of the day will usually will tell you that whether mm -hmm. or not we're going to have a big day or not. Yeah. Is is the first five minute volume candle dwarfing the previous day's opening volume candle, right? Mm. And that's that's going to be um, you know, one of the big things I would look for. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've always I've used VWAP and volume together for a while. ATMA, maybe I'll look it up. You gotta try it. Just just keep it on your chart if you're not okay. like used to it. Like you're like, wow, it, it's especially on momentum stocks. You look through mm. the two, five, fifteen hourly, it's it's uh it's a game changer. Mm. Um but those are the those are the indicators I use and that's that's like that's my edge, right? I know yeah. you, you're a successful trader, you have your own edge, right? Everyone so, trades a little bit differently. Different. That's yeah. right. And um you know these these aren't the only only indicators out there, right? Like mm -hmm. there's so many indicators out there. Somebody has created it for a specific purpose. Um, some sometimes we don't know what it is. Sometimes we don't know how to use it properly. Yeah. But somebody had an edge using a specific in indicator before. Sometimes you just it's it's hard for different people to apply it properly. Mm. Um, so I found my edge. I know what I'm comfortable with, yeah. and uh, like this is this is how I I have um, an edge in the market. Mm. Um, and that's an edge is a, a higher probability of making money when I take trades. Yeah. So I know in your first, I guess, all the way leading up to 2017, you were doing a lot of swing trading. When did mm -hmm. you transition to doing more day trades? Yeah, so up until 2017, I was still working a full-time job. Okay. Uh, and it wasn't until like the end of 2020 where I, I quit my full-time job. But so, so oh. it's very important from that standpoint because 
you know, nowadays I, I do a lot more scalp trading, but that's because I'm able to focus more on, you know, the smaller time frame candles. Like I can't yeah. be distracted by something like, hey, my boss is telling me to do some work, right? Like, and all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden you're pulled away from your computer. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to go to a meeting. <laughs> you're in a two minute bull flag. You're like, okay, well, I hope this turns out well, right? Like, it's not. Usually it, it doesn't. <laughs> no. Well, sometimes, again, a 50 50 analogy. Hey, yeah. this could continue running or it could just fake out and break down. Like, like you we said, don't know. it's a coin flip. That's right. Yeah. But hey, if you're in a bull flag, that coin flip is it's a weighted coin now. Mm -hmm. It should, it should, if it's a bull flag, it should break bull most mm -hmm. of the time. If, right. if, you, if you recognize that, recognizing that bull flag uh, uh, correctly. Um, so in terms of trading style, it was definitely just swing trading a lot, especially when I was working because there's just not a lot of time to manage a trade yeah. on a smaller term time frame. Um, so, you know, that, that played into my hands very well because during the MJ run, it, it was, everything was just gapping up. So yeah. all you had to do was buy, you know, we're, we're in Vancouver time. All you had to do is buy during lunch. That's true. Right? You know, you buy during lunch, lunch. break, buy some yeah. stocks, sell it <laughs> next morning. You're on your lunch break. You're looking through all the daily charts here, uh -huh. and you're seeing, okay, what's a good setup? Like, you know, are we are we closing on a Marabozu candle, uh, and at the at the highs of the day, and mm. we're getting increasing volume into the end of the day, yeah, and we're not too far extended, so the chances of this gapping up is going to be very high. Let's take a big trade right here and see if we can get like a 20, 30 percent day the next day. And you sell the next morning, then you go to work. <laughs> then you go like, to work. Then you ask yourself. Why should I even go to work? Like, right? <laughs> Why That's should I even true. go to work? Like, you, you yeah. just made like 20,000, 30,000, like, however much in a day. Mm -hmm. And you're like, now you're going to go to work to make 300 bucks. Right? Like, <laughs> it's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's, it's not always great like mm -hmm. that, right? You, we have big wins, we have big losses. Yeah, there's gap um, down days too. So, you know, the magnitude of wins usually. Um, you know, hopefully it doesn't always equal the magnitude of the losses. Mm -hmm. We try not to let that happen, but there's always give back. Yeah. And that's how we set our higher low, higher high pattern in our account. Do you pay any attention as a technical trader to level two and time in sales? Uh, it's funny enough, that's, that's actually one thing I, I used to look at. So level oh, okay. two time in sales and <laughs> So not anymore? Not anymore. I actually don't oh, pay attention to that at all. Okay. Um, and, and I think that matters more when you're trading on a, like a micro time frame. So let's say like two minute, five minute. And this, that's uh -huh. just my opinion. Um, but um, what I pay more attention to is more of uh, dark pools and, and uh, mm. the, sorry, options flows. Okay. Now. And so um, in, in our trading room, we have some uh, experts that are, that, are, that are looking at the, um, the options flows and, and dark pools and what big money is doing. So, and, and, and I guess this matters more for big, big companies like uh, Apple, Tesla, like what's mm. unusual going on here in these stocks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's technicals, but it's also like you can't actually see or assign a probability to those things. No, like, really. Yeah, because this is big money trying to move their money around mm -hmm. and, and you're trying to think about what big money is thinking. You're mm -hmm. looking at these trades and you're, you're trying to analyze, all right, what's this whale thinking yeah. uh, in terms of which direction this is going to go? Mm -hmm. And even if, they, even if you think that they know it's going to go up, is it going to go up tomorrow, the next week, yeah. or is it a month later? What time frame is it? can be a hedge is? too. That's right, or it yeah. could be a hedge. So you don't know like in terms of that, uh, which is why it's important to like, now you can look at options flow, but you need to really look at see what's what's unusual out there. Um, mm. But I, I wouldn't say I use use options flow as as a primary or even secondary um, 
tool to guide me in what trades I take. Oh, so just uh, technical. It would be nice to know that you know if I'm betting in a certain direction, that you know the whales are also betting in that same direction, right? Like <laughs> that'd but, be nice to know. But yeah. it's, now you're kind of biased, right? Because if you yeah. know the whales are betting in direct, or, or you know big money or um, institutional traders are betting in direction, and and before you take your trade. Now you got to ask yourself, are you being biased? Like, yeah. Like, I'd rather not know, and then I'll, and then I find out later that okay, well, it makes me feel a little more comfortable about this trade mm. now. But I would, I'm, st I still have confidence in the trade anyways because yeah. I, I, uh, I recognized it myself. I came up with a trade idea, and um, you know, this is what the chart is telling me, and, and in terms of probability of something happening in that direction. What made you decide to stop or use less of level two and timing sales? Oh, in terms of level time, sorry. Yeah. That was the initial question. Um, uh, I think I just moved away from trading uh, smaller time frames, like two minute, oh, two minute charts. You don't use it for scalping though? No, I- You scalp I, intraday? I, I do scalp intraday. So uh, maybe it's not, maybe it's because I don't have enough experience in it, or mm. if I don't have that edge in looking at level two time okay. sales. Um, but not to say it doesn't work, because I know mm. I know you use it extensively. I know a lot of other traders use it extensively. But my edge is through still uh, volume, price mm. action, and understanding understanding which way or the probability of something happening based off of what I currently see on the chart. Mm. Um, so volume really matters to that because yeah. you know if we're if if we if we move into a certain price range uh, from a big move, whether or not it's bull or bear, and we're holding that price range relatively well and there's no sellers or even, let's say there's no buyers on the bear side, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it tells me like that price range is being supported. Yeah, it's consolidating. It's consolidating, yeah. healthy. It's healthy consolidation. It tells me that um, it's unlikely this stock is going to just like, you know, be a mountain on mm -hmm. the way back down oh, or yeah. shape back yeah, up, yeah. right? It tells me that it's setting up for a next move to the same direction. Okay. And so, you know, perhaps uh, time and sales would tell us that, but I've already seen enough on the chart that tells me, okay, the probability of this getting continuation is mm -hmm. already really high. So, you know, that's just another tool, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I've decided uh, personally that I don't use that tool and, and I'm, I don't, um, I don't need it in terms of my style of trading. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I've, so I've yeah. already found an edge uh, in terms of um, uh, the 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 handful of tools that I already use. Mm -hmm. No, I'm only asking because I'm starting to. There's more and more traders I talk to who are kind of abandoning uh, level two and time in sales. Really? Yeah, pretty much after 2020. How come? It's very difficult to find anything anything meaningful and accurate from level two and time in sales. So it's things, yeah. things that are unusual that's happening on the level two time in sales. I think there's still a lot of things unusual, but like the volume, like everything's just going by so fast now. And I think like I've had more experience, especially in like 21, year, uh, 2021, reading what I thought was right, uh, reading, trading what I thought was I saw on level two mm -hmm. and having that cause a bias and causing me to lose. Yeah. So I have a couple of experiences. So now I, now I'll take a look at level two, but I will not trade based on the dis what I saw. Yeah, the market. Yeah, it's I, getting trickier and trickier. The market's constantly changing. Yeah. and we have to continue adapting, right? Mm -hmm. To under to 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 make sure. Um, yeah, you know, this also depends on the market cycle and and what's happening on the markets, yeah. right? Uh, 
uh, when when no, not no one strategy works for all all for all yeah. market environments. And I think that's one of the lessons that I learned um, early on is if you keep trying to you know force trades during let's say you know everything was great in 2021 and 2020. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you could you could have bet on anything. Yeah, everything's any, mooning. Does, back then. does that does that make everyone a good trader? Right, <laughs> and and does everyone everyone feels like they're a genius? Um, mm -hmm. But you know, as the market changes, uh, we need to adapt, and whether or not, you know, we need to adapt as traders, and, yeah. and you know, recognize that um, if my if my trading style does not work for this environment, like I just got to take it back. Like I'm taking mm. too many losses here, like, and just kind of reevaluate. Hey, maybe this isn't the right market environment for me to apply my trading style right now, mm -hmm. or perhaps I need to trade change my trading style in order to adapt to the market. For so, for instance, like. Let's say the bear market last year, um, at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I don't want to say that I, like I, I predicted it or something was coming, but I was expecting a big bear market to come uh, at the end of 2021, and lo, lo and behold, it did come. And I was I was I was the biggest bear for the longest mm. time last year. You were just shorting everything. I was shorting everything, <laughs> and I was. Uh, you know, Sometimes I would be playing oversold bounces, so like it was you know a handful of bull trades, but mainly they were bear trades because mm. this is just nonstop momentum to the downside. And so I think last year was a big year for me as well, um, because I was able to adapt. Now this year I'm slower to adapt to a mm. bull market, so like mm. it's it's it was to, so this year it was a more difficult year for me, despite okay. you know everything you know think some things are in all time highs, Nvidia's mm -hmm. in all time highs, Apple's yeah. in all time highs. It's so bizarre. Uh -huh. um, but you know, due to my slow ability to adapt, it, it caused me to not be able to take advantage of the the opportunities that were present. Mm. Now, this hap this this also like stems from my lack of focus on the markets. You know, I have different ventures that I'm looking at right now, mm. um, and also I'm just taking a break uh, from here from time to time, taking vacations because yeah. I just need a break from the markets. It's yeah. been it's been a crazy like five six years of trading, and I've just been a, a bit burned out. Mm. And so, yeah, focus matters a lot too, right? Yeah, for sure. So going back to your trading experience, could you tell us a little bit about your biggest trading wins and the biggest trading loss? Anything that stands out as the most memorable? <laughs> so yeah, um, there's a couple big ones that, that, that are memorable, obviously, um, because of the size of them. So mm. um, it was probably uh, an over. It was it was an it was an oversold bounce uh, on Canopy Growth. Uh, so this is probably towards the end of um, uh, the MJ heydays, okay. where everyone everything was selling off, and um, you know multiple days of you know double digit uh, red days. <clears throat> oh. Um, and so we, I'd play oversold bounces, and this this is probably my bread and butter is is when things are falling off a cliff and they're kind of dropping like a knife. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to evaluate when this bounce is going to happen because when the bounces do happen, they're often very sharp and they're in a double-digit percentages, uh, okay. double-digit percentage gains as well. So canopy growth was selling off. Um, I think this is probably, I would say, the end of 2018. I would say October 2018, and so canopy was growing, uh, selling off, and it was setting up for a gap down day. Mm. And the way I prepare for oversold bounces is I don't sleep. What? <laughs> I don't sleep. And then the next morning, uh, I, I can't even say I wake up, right? I'd be like kind of just on the couch preparing for my big trades. Uh -huh. uh, and I knew this was going to be a really big trade because okay. I knew the canopy growth pre-market was gapping down. Uh, and um, I'm I, at this point, I, I started options trading. So I oh. trade a lot of options. Okay. Uh, and, and even to this day, I trade a lot of options. 
Um, and so I was scouting out the different strikes that I wanted. Uh, and there, I was going to play weekly options um, mm. to, to uh, take advantage of this oversold bounce opportunity. And so at this point uh, in 2018, so 2017 was when I, when I seeded my account again throughout this big MJ run. And then towards the end of 2018, um, I probably had close to a, a seven-figure trading account. Okay. Um, that's when you exited all your swing trades right. on the way up. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And then so I, I'm, I'm managing this, this large account now, and I'm sitting there and be like, how am I going to grow this account so that I can retire? <laughs> and at this point, I was like, <laughs> oh my how am I going to grow this account so I can retire? <laughs> at this point, I still had a job, right? And be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, well, this is a really high probability setup. I've seen this before. It's happened a million times. Every time I've seen it, it's always bounced. Mm. And, you know, always is a bad word. We know. Yeah. You know, it, almost always. Almost that's, always that's bounced because, you know, you're going to get punched way. in the face. Yeah. One, one day. So, you know, I had so much conviction in this trade. I knew the setup. I've seen it before. I talked to everyone. At this point, I was also in another trading group. Mm -hmm. I, I talked to these other people. They confirmed. Now, that, that increases my bias. Yeah. Um, but, you know, personally, I, I know and I had conviction in this trade. Mm -hmm. So 6.30, our time, you know, market opens. I'm, I'm spamming the buy button on some of these options. Oh and these are weekly, weekly options. Yeah. My, my broker, uh, um, my broker uh, Quest Trade, you know, just give, gives them a little bit of uh, uh, advertising here. <laughs> uh, they, they only allowed me to buy a certain amount of uh, options at a time. Oh. And so trying to buy almost, a, you know, a, trying to buy almost a seven figure amount of options was okay. very, took, took me almost a couple of minutes just hitting the buy button. Okay. Um, and so, I was all in on options oh my God. on my account on an oversold bounce play okay. on a weekly option. Well, do you remember the strike price? I don't remember right now. Calls, uh, right? Yeah, they were all calls. Oh, okay. They were all calls. And so like, I think oh, I had two different God. strikes, uh, one for one for the, the current week and one for the next week. Okay. But and it's already I'm, short term. That's right. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with uh, a few hundred thousand dollars in, in, in uh, call options. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm just like, okay, I bought it all. I know what's supposed to happen. I, uh, I, I, I shut everything down. What? what? You did not. You shut down your charts? I shut down everything. Oh my God. I closed my computer. I'm like sweating now. Yeah. I shut down everything. Oh no. And I took a two hour nap. What? No. <laughs> you... Oh my God. I was like, you know, but th that, that, that was my trading strategy. Um, and I was like, this is going to work out or it's not. Because the probabilities are it's going to work out. So I don't want okay. any sort of small term fluctuations in price to, to shake me out of the trade. Because uh -huh. I know what's going to happen. I know this chart's going to bounce. I don't even care if it gets a new low because even if it does, this is going to bounce. And um, you know, I took my two-hour nap, and I actually fell asleep because I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> uh, I woke up two hours later, uh, and I, 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 my account was up close to a, a seven-figure number. Oh my god! And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, all right, let's hit some sells. <laughs> <Right>? Like, <laughs> so you start sell. spamming the I start, sell button. I started spamming the sell button, right? Like, oh my gosh. and I only, I only sold like a, a partial amount of it. I swung, I swung it into the next day, um, thinking that we would get some continuation on the bounce because, mm -hmm. because these bounces usually get some follow through. Yeah, because they sell off for multiple days. That's right. And bounce for one, two, three ish. <laughs> That's right. Days. That's what I yeah. was expecting. Except this one bounced into a freaking triangle. Oh, so, so the okay. next day it didn't gap up. It didn't do anything. Instead, uh -huh. instead it started consolidating again. So I actually okay. lost some of that back to the market. Mm -hmm. But that's the price we pay for trying to figure, trying to, um, you know, have some risk on so that we can get continuation in, the, yeah. in in our moves. When you're right, you want to let some of it mature. 
uh, and and that's that's my trading philosophy. And so you know I don't sell it all. I'll mm -hmm. I'll take some of it just to lock okay. in some of that uh, gain. So mm -hmm. at least I stay I stay on a winning trade. Okay. But this particular trade I gave back a decent amount because mm -hmm. I swung a, a major portion of it, and um, you know lost it back on uh, the the next day. Lost some of it back okay. the next day. Yeah. Do you remember those options? What percentage were you up when you were selling some of it? So I was all in. So it was only like I actually took. <laughs> I was all in on options. I was all in on options. Um, yeah. And and um, I would say the the percentage probably wasn't very like it's not like a thousand percent or anything. Mm -hmm. it's, it was between one hundred to two hundred percent. Still. Yeah. That's still pretty good. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was pretty darn good. Um, yeah. You know, if I took a strike that was slightly further out of the money, I probably mm -hmm. would have gotten like you know four hundred, five hundred percent. Mm -hmm. But I took something more at the money and actually okay. some of it that's in the money. Right. Uh, just no, to that's stay, good. I think stay it on well because yeah. I'm all in. Like I want to be st err on the side of caution. Like if this just moves sideways, <laughs> I'm gonna lose everything, right? But then oh, again, man. you know, at this point, I still had my job. That's true. I, I guess like, you had a backup plan. I had my backup plan. Good. I didn't quit my job. Um, I didn't, uh, and most of this was house money. I this this money I didn't have uh, I a few so. years earlier, right? Were you married at that time? Not married. I was still uh, no, okay. not married at the time. Do you so think if you no were married, you would have oh, for taken sure. less risk? It okay. all depends on your life scenario, right? If yeah. you don't have a job, if you're tr if you're trying to make it big and and um, you're trying to trade full time, uh -huh. um, and you don't have a job, it makes it a lot difficult, more difficult sure. because you still got to sustain your lifestyle. Yeah, you still need to pay a mortgage. You have expenses to pay. Yeah, and so all those things put pressure on your trading. If if trading is your sole in sole income uh, source, uh -huh. right? So I like. Because I had a job, I was yeah. able to take that kind of risk. Now today, the all in risk. Yes, all in risk. Would you do that now today? No, of course not. No, okay. no, no. Yeah, with the kids, I, I have with dependents. the house. Yeah. I have dependents. Um, you know, there's 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 bills to pay, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, last thing I want to do is go back to working. Is yeah. I would have failed as a trader if I had to take up a job again. So, mm. um, in terms of taking risks today. It would be like when I'm when I'm making a, a, a trade, it wouldn't move my account one or uh, maybe maybe two to three percent max. Okay. So I think that's a that, lot more conservative oh, than before. Very conservative, yeah. but even then, like you know, when I'm taking a two or three percent trade, it's 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 uh, it, it makes it'd be like more than a week that I would work at a job, or two weeks, or even sometimes months, right? Yeah. Like, um, and I think. I think that number varies, like two to three percent on any sort of random trade, mm -hmm. like that I'm thinking is, is going to work out in my favor. But let's say there's another one of these big trades that are coming, mm. like like a CG, CGC trade. Yeah. I wouldn't go all in, but I would maybe risk up to five to ten percent of my account to try to grow my account um, yeah. because I see a high probability trade brewing. Mm. And so you know, this is this goes to 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 say like you know, when when we're trading. You know, everyone has to have a little bit of risk tolerance and yeah. a little bit of a little bit of degen. For sure. Yeah. Um, so Wait, so I, on that trade, how long did it take for you to sell exit all of your options? That was probably positions? one week. A one week okay. trade. Yeah. Did you swing? Uh, did you roll to the next strike for next week, or you just no? Sell that was the, it. Okay. That was a that was the trade, and okay. I kind of like basked in those gains for a little mm -hmm. bit. Like you know, uh, when I'm talking about emotions, like I was ecstatic at that point. Oh, but, that's your biggest win probably, at the time, right? Probably my biggest win at that time. Okay. And actually, it's probably I would say it's my biggest win still ever. Mm, okay. Uh, and, that was and almost seven seven figures. Almost. You said because you went all in on your account. Yeah. But but, <laughs> you know, we win some, we lose some, right? For so sure. like when when your wins become that big, your losses become just as big when you're starting to make the same types of uh, risks. Um, 
And so, you know, it's, it, everyone wants to live in the dreamland where you're making like that kind of money every day, but like it doesn't happen. And, no. and, and this is what I talk about. Like, it's hard to talk to a lot of people about this stuff it's because they look at that and say, um, wow, you could really retire off that money. Like, yeah, you can just do this could, every day, do, right? Why, why don't yeah. you go and buy a boat? Like, or buy a few more condos. Like, yeah. no, I can't. Like, I want to, if you want to truly retire, you have to financially plan for the rest of your life because mm -hmm. you don't have any other income source. Yeah. So you got to, whatever you have in your bank account is whatever you have and you got to mm -hmm. live off that for the rest of your life. You know, it's, it's so, it's, it's, it's a different psychology mm. um, uh, when you don't have a job. Okay. So that, you took that, your biggest win ever yep. in 2018, right? 2018. Okay. And, okay. and you know, the 2019, I actually had a red year because mm -hmm. um, the market, you know, wasn't great in the MJ sector. So I had to move okay. on. I had to move on to different sectors. Like, um, oh, yeah. Before I, that, you're always staying MJ. That's right. Okay. So uh, this is the MJ MJ sector started, uh, you know, dying down. Mm. So it was forced me to pay attention to a lot of different sectors like um, big tech, mm. Nvidia. Tesla, yeah. Apple, all these big names, Microsoft, um, and at that time it was it was still before the big runs in 2020, right? So all these all this experience yeah. I drew to to really um, leverage on the on the big runs that we had in 2020 and 2021 uh, when we had the big capital injection or mm. money injection from the Feds, money printer, <laughs> money printer. So you know that that really propelled my career as well mm. uh, in in these last few years. Okay. Drawing on that experience. So was your let's talk about your biggest loss now. Is that on the tech stocks or on the <laughs> also on the MJ stocks? It was on GME. Oh wait, what? Yeah. Were you low? <laughs> wait, oh, were you man. long or your, short? Your viewers are not gonna love me over this one. Were you long or short? I was short. Oh, that's that's why. I was short. Oh no. And, and you know, let's you know, it wasn't twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, January twenty twenty one. Wasn't okay, so that was the first run, January twenty twenty one. It was the second okay. run that got me. Oh, I see. I can explain. I, can, I remember that day very clearly. Oh, I think I know which day you were talking about. The, March fifth. It either 15th? made a lot of people or broke no, a lot sorry, of people. February. End of February. Uh -huh. uh, GME had its second uh, so you know, GME went to 500 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, consolidated, I shouldn't even say consolidated, it sold off, uh, and it hit 40 bucks. Yeah. And from 40, uh, there was one day in the end of February where it rocketed back to um, like 170 bucks after Yeah, hours. I remember. So, middle of the day here, I think, I forget which day in February it was, but it was towards the end of February. Um, and, and preceding that, I think it's, it's good to know that, you know, I was having a great year so far in 2021. Mm -hmm. Absolute breakout year. Um, because everything was just running in, yeah. in the early 2021. And so that played well with my, my uh, trading style and my momentum. strategy. Momentum. Yeah, every for momentum sure. Trade. You just literally wake up every day. Uh, hey, sometimes I can't even sleep because I'd be swinging, again, all in, all in on my account on these. On these. <laughs> all in. Yeah. It, okay. was just, it was stacks of 10, 20, 30% gains every uh -huh. day. Um, leading up to this GME trade. Uh, and so GME was breaking up from 20, uh, $40, uh, middle of the day. I can't remember which day it was, but you, your viewers you can go take a look at it. Uh, I remember that day from 40, it went to 35 first. Yeah. And then it started bouncing started, near yeah. the end of the Volume day. Volume like started said. increasing. Yeah. Green, all green. And it was just increasing. Now, you know, being the trader I am today, and, and you know, I actually should have known this before when I was trading then, is we're getting increasing bull volume. 
The candles are all green, all Marabozu candles, every single mm-hmm. one that closed, 15 minute, five minute, 15 minute candles, all green. And it was just starting to go parabolic. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this can't possibly go from 40 to 100 in oh, no. a day. Um, so I started, I started um, opening naked, naked puts. Okay. On $100 strikes. Okay. Uh, and I started selling, uh, I started writing contracts. Oh, you were selling puts? I was selling puts. I was writing contracts. <sighs> okay. Um, big mistake number one, right? Like, yeah. You know, I, I'm always going to learn from it. And I've had a, I've had a previous um, big loss. Uh, the, 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 the loss previous to that was uh, probably like a, you know, two or $300,000 loss on writing, writing call, no, writing puts on Facebook earnings. And Facebook tanked twenty percent. Yeah. Um. You know, a few couple of years prior to that, so that was my biggest loss. Yeah. Loss until this loss. Mm. Again, another, another loss from writing contracts. Um. And, and every time the price rose, I sold. I sold a little more. I wrote a little more, until probably towards the end of the day. I think GME was being halted throughout that day. Yeah. Uh, every I think five minutes. around seventy. That's right. Something like that. 70 or 80. Yeah, something like yeah. that. So it was halting every five, uh, it had five minute halts. Yeah. So, so on and so forth. Um, and then probably towards the end of the day, it was uh, maybe, it was four, oh, actually, it was 14 minutes left to the trading day. Mm-hmm. It went through another halt. I was like, okay, I got to close this position. I'm, oh, I'm closing, no. I'm closing okay. in on a six figure loss, right? Yeah. Uh, on this position. And, um, and uh, it halted one more time, 14 minutes left. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to close it after this halt. But the halt didn't, the halt didn't end until yeah. the market closed. Yeah. And now I'm stuck with these. It was a 15 minute halt. Oh my god. For, with 14 minutes left to the trading day. Yeah. And now I'm freaking swinging uh, these contracts here. Oh and you know what happened? Like after hours on GME. Yeah. It, it went to it, 100. It went to 170. Yeah. That you know like so every, and I had a significant amount of contracts. So yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm just like. Oh my God, I'm in a in a bit of trouble here, and I'm like, okay, I gotta hedge these contracts. I gotta, okay. I gotta, I gotta short. I gotta, I gotta buy stock. Yeah, yeah. I gotta buy stock. Um, but at that point, uh, Questrade, <laughs> my brokerage, had froze my account. Oh, because you were too. Uh, the the the. You were all in on the. Puts? No, I wasn't all in. I wasn't oh. all in. I had enough to cover. Yeah. But, but the uh, the margin requirement on the contracts went up exponentially when GME started going up. So yeah. all of a sudden, my account doesn't have enough uh, margin to to uh, keep those uh, contracts, and so yeah. they they didn't allow me to trade. It, it actually said on my brokers, I was like, okay, well, I'm a bit hooped right here, right? And then meanwhile, I got my chart. I'm just watching GMEs continue to rocket. I'm just like, oh no! Every ten dollars that stock was going up, I was losing a hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! And I was going up ten dollars every like few minutes. I was sitting there. I'm Did just you? like, I closed it all down. I'm just like, I went, I went to my couch and I just sat there for a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm just thinking like, okay, what do I do? How can I, how can I handle this? This right? is 2021. You were married by then. I was, right? I was married by then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, a bit of a problem going on. Right. Uh, and so I had confidence that it wasn't going to like, it wasn't going to stay at this price. Uh, the next day it did it did tank, but like you know I had a problem right now at that point. Yeah. Um, so, and I couldn't I couldn't even hedge it. Yeah. And so the head honcho at at uh, at the brokerage firm. 
gave me a call. Oh, wait, Questrade gave you a call? I'm, I'm looking at my phone like, Questrade's calling me. I know <laughs> oh, what this is about. I pick up the call and they're like, hi, hi is this Keith, right? And I'm like, yes, I know what you're calling about. I know what you're calling about. I need some help. And they're okay. like, all right, we see your account. I have my other trader here. So there's two guys on the phone with me and we're like, um, so how do you want to handle this? I'm like, I need to hedge. I need you guys' help to help me hedge yeah. this. Um, so here I am, their guy, their guy, their guy is like, okay, um, we're going to open it up so that you can hedge, hedge, your, uh, hedge your options. And at this point, the, the options were, the delta was pretty much one to one. So you know, all I had to do is do a bit of calculation to see how, much, how, many, how many shares I need to hedge. Um, and it ended up buying pretty much, I hedged the entire position uh, after hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. How so, many shares did you end up buying? Do you remember? 8,000. 8,000 okay. shares at a hundred dollars. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was, uh, uh, it was a lot <laughs> because yeah. I wasn't expecting those contracts yeah. to go. And you know, these are big numbers, but like, I think, um, my emotions at that time were, were pretty, uh, pretty wild, but like, you know, I handle adversity pretty well, but every time there's like a new record that gets set, you're into like new territory yeah. on how to manage those emotions. Um, and, uh, you know, it's safe to say right now, like there's no really big loss that phases me anymore. It's just management of management of, um, numbers in your account. Mm. Um, but yeah, at that time I just sat there, I was like, all right, the entire position hedged is hedged. Okay. I put down my phone. I just kind of sat there and took a breath. I'm like, and I, and I, and then I pulled out my calculator and I'm like, okay, what's this loss looking like? Oh right? no. Like, <laughs> What's this loss looking like? And it wasn't quite a seven-figure loss. I think it was like maybe um, I want to say six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollar loss. But okay. what happened then in the ensuing days was that I, I you know, a bit of, did a bit of revenge trading, ended up, you know, converting that to a good seven-figure loss. Okay. Um, so it was, you know, and you know, I'm still here today. I'm still yeah, trading. Yeah, right? Like <laughs> I've, I've recovered. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I've recovered from that, but like, I, I think, um, I don't think. You know, this is my bias towards my my own bad trade, mm. uh, but I would not have ever swung that position. I was closing in on you know a good six figure loss, and you know at that point this still wasn't my biggest loss ever. Mm-hmm. I was fully intending on closing that position. It was it would have been idiotic to swing yeah. that position, but they forced you know the, the because the way the halt ended up, yeah. they forced me to swing it, and then I was all of a sudden big you know like hot water. Yeah. Uh, so I think. You know, the, the number one lesson here to be learned is, you know, never write naked, naked uh, options, always have some sort of hedge involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. if you were to, if you were to play options, always buy them, don't write them, right? So right. did you, did you close out that trade and the hedge the next day? Oh yeah, I was closing okay. it. Uh, it was kind of like hand in hand. Close, oh, some, okay. close, 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 close. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up with um, like that. that Good thing you hedged, like it probably helped a bit, right? Oh no, I hedged at the top. Oh, wait, I think it, it didn't gap up next day. It did gap up. Yeah. But it, I, I, uh, I, so after hours, I started hedging when it started, you know, almost Around started 100. peaking. Oh. At that point, I didn't care. I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm just going to hedge this. I don't really care what it's yeah, at. Yeah. It's already, already a monumental loss. But if, you know, if I uh, ended up uh, swinging, if I didn't take the hedge, mm-hmm. I probably would be okay. <laughs> but then, you know, the, the scary thing was, yeah. you know, the, the, the guy on the phone was like, okay, well, you know, you could you don't have to take the hedge but this is where we would close your account oh wait really after hours they can do that yeah well they, they wouldn't close my account <laughs> but they were like this is where you go bankrupt 
they told me a number, right? Like, and then I was yeah, like, yeah. okay. No, I was like, there's no way it's hitting that like after hours. But then, you know, at that time, you don't know what's going to happen to GME. Like, yeah, no we, we, we've, we've seen what GME could do. Yeah. So I was like, OK, let's just hedge it. Like, I, I'd rather trade another day than to leave it up to risk or chance <laughs> that I'm going to, you know, potentially bankrupt. Um, so, you know, that was a very, very scary um, day um, yeah. in my trading career because, you know, I made a I made a pretty bad mistake. Um, and it was against all my principles. It was against a lot of the things I, I did. And I think, you know, the primary reason why I took that trade was because I was having such a great year. Mm. It was risk on I was, environment I was like, too. it was a risk on environment. Yeah. I was like, okay, I could probably take a bit of risk here and I could, you know, open it up. And it was at that time, it was a harmless trade. It was trading at like 60. I opened up, I opened up, uh, I wrote contracts for 100 calls and it was a good 60% away. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, all right, let's just take some premium here. And and the reason why I wrote contracts is because this, this strategy has worked well for me in the past. Mm. Until something like this happens, yeah, it wipes out everything you've made in the in the previous yeah. uh, however many years, and then some, right? And so you know, I would say to to traders like, you know, we're we're nothing like these market makers that that write contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, they these people have endless pockets. We don't. Mm-hmm. Like they can take big losses from people who want to make big, big bets. Um, but you know, if you're writing contracts, like, you know, one day it's going to come and burn you and, and, and bankrupt you. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm uh, lucky. I don't like to use that word very, very often. I would say I'm lucky that, that, um, you know, that I had a pretty good year. I was able to mm-hmm. absorb that loss. Okay. That's good. Uh, and you know, I'm still, I was able, able, able to bounce back from that, from, uh, my trading experiences and, yeah. and really work towards, um, you know, higher highs. Mm. Yeah, I think 2020 and 21 were the first years that it became so common for brokers to adjust margin maintenance requirements for individual stocks like intraday. Yeah, that's never <clears throat> happened to me before. Like usually, yeah, it would be like, you know, from 25% to 50. But with a lot of these like 25 to 100 intraday a few hundred sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it was insane. It's it crazy times. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, I'll never forget that one. It was it actually haven't had told a lot of people about that either. Mm. Uh, I guess until today. Did you did you tell your wife about? Oh yeah, that? I told her. Okay. You know, I, I I immediately got out into my car and I drove and met a friend and I sat there, you know, another friend that that day trades and I just sat there with him and I was like, okay, I took a really dumb trade today, right? And he he guessed exactly what I did. Oh. And what stri- even he even guessed what strike I took. He huh. knew me. He okay. knew how he yeah, knows he how really I trade. Knows I was you. like, how the heck did you know? Like so. Anyways, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm still alive here. Let's keep. Let's move on. I took a week yeah. break and I just kept kept trading and I'm okay. And never took a never took that kind of risk ever again. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, grinded my way back up. Mm. So again, just focusing on what I do best yeah. and uh, never. Never doing stupid things and, and taking idiotic trades, right? Uh-huh. But you know, it's it's hard to not do it when when you're on a roll. Yeah. When you're on a roll and you feel like you're at the top of the world, your emotions are not really in check. Mm-hmm. You're not sixty forty is is something I always explain to people, and that's what I was taught is when you're having good days, you know, you want to be on a sixty percent happiness level because yeah. you're gonna have bad days eventually, and you mm-hmm. don't want to feel like you're on the, the the edge of like a bridge, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and not feeling great so you know be happy but not be that happy when you have big trades yeah um because there's going to be bad days and you don't want to be that sad when you have sad days or bad days right 
so keep emotions in check, and that's how we can keep our our uh, our trades in check. And at that point in time, um, definitely my emotions were way past sixty. Mm. You know, on on the upscale, and then when I took that big loss, yeah, it was way past forty. A lot of lessons to be learned from, I guess, both the wins and the losses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say losses matter more because they yeah. actually they, they develop laws in your trading. Mm -hmm. Laws laws you don't break those laws. And so after that, safe. you haven't wrote any uh, naked naked contracts since. No. Or just like a smaller amount. No, and if they were naked contracts, they'd be hedged. Mm. So it would be a it would be a strategy versus just a, you know one one directional yeah, trade. Yeah, just a yolo. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's uh, definitely. I would never do that again, and I yeah. recommend and I, re I don't recommend anyone to do it. And you know, people have asked me before. It's like easy money, right? Like writing contracts. Ooh. Yeah, it is yeah. easy money, but until you get hit in the face, until until uh, until that point one percent chance off chance that something bad happens, mm. and you know, news comes out, and all of a sudden you're thousands of percent, you're, you're thousands of percent down. Mm. Could be thousands, right? Yeah, and so for it's sure. Never write, never write naked contracts. Buy them, buy them. Don't yeah. don't write them. I'm not gonna lie, I'm like sweating after that story. <laughs> yeah. I was sweating the first time when you told us about your biggest win ever, when you went 08. I'm sweating again <laughs> with a GME, uh, GME there's a lot. loss. There's a lot of sweating. Yeah. Yeah, so after that, those uh, biggest highs and biggest lows in 2021, now it's like two years later. What are what's your what are you focused on? I know you said you are not as risk on as before. That's good. Mm -hmm. What are you focused on now outside of trading? Definitely more of a. Yeah, I have a kid now, and um, so you know, focusing on on family and growing the mm -hmm. family. Um, I, I like I like gardening because it really. You like gardening. I like gardening. I'm a bit of a green thumb. I like taking care of my garden because I like watching things grow. Not only I my heard, account. Oh, I don't only just like okay. watching my account grow. I like watching uh, like flowers grow. Um, something that you could put effort into yeah. and, and watch it really develop, right? Uh, and I feel I find a bit of solace in that, just mm -hmm. just to counteract um, you know the, the the stressfulness of trading. There's uh, something is, zen about gardening. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to say as if I do it a lot, but I don't. It's quiet. You see uh -huh. a new leaf growing from your plant that you just uh -huh. planted. And you just get so excited. You're like, uh -huh. wow! Bring my wife out. Do you see this leaf that's growing? Like. <laughs> Dang, it's it's, it's like awesome. my trading account is blossoming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then my wife gets excited. Wow, just bring the neighbors over. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's uh, it's fun, I think. Uh -huh. um, but uh, the main thing is like I get to turn my brain off, mm. stop thinking, because we're always thinking about these trades. Yeah. Um, and and really just take a break from from um, a mental break from um, kind of the hustle and bustle of trading. Um, and so I've, I've really kind of disengaged myself from trading groups now. Mm. Um, and I was part of one where I was I was helping. I wasn't running it, but I was actually a big contributor mm -hmm. um, and just sharing my experiences. Um, and so I think uh, gardening really helps me uh, mm. uh, kind of relax. Okay. Um, and and then now I'm starting a, a a business venture. So this I've always wanted to become a a, a business owner. Okay. And uh, you know, kind of owning something and and again watching something grow, right? Yeah. Uh, and and being but in able, real life. This in real time. life, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> being able to hire hire employees. Mm. Uh, and that business is actually going to be a a pickleball business where we rent oh. out courts. Okay. Um, and because pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in in North America here, and especially in the states, it's it's growing exponentially. Mm. Um, 
um, you know, not to say that I, I play a lot of pickleball, but my uh, I have a business partner who's who's a good friend of mine uh, that plays okay. a lot of pickleball. And um, you know, in Vancouver, especially here in the Lower Mainline, and actually in Canada, there's not a lot of spaces for for this kind of recreational mm. play especially indoor spaces. There's a lot of outdoor spaces. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people play outdoor pickleball. But you know, here in Vancouver, our, our weather isn't yeah. always the greatest. <laughs> and even when it's good, the weather changes or we get smoke from our wildfires yeah. and you, you, all of a sudden you can't play outside. It could be too mm -hmm. hot in the afternoon, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's good to have an indoor experience where the, the climate is controlled. We get to control um, the lighting and mm. you can play pretty much any time of the day you want and okay. comfortably and know what to expect, right? So that's kind of what we're offering. Um, but yeah, that's coming soon, hopefully, and um, you know we're super excited to open open that uh, venture. Yeah. But, so that's kind of like you know these two things are kind of taking up my time right now is between okay. trading, and not so much full time trading anymore, but you know waking up. Not at 6.30 a.m., waking up a little further in the day and just kind of... What time are we talking about I'm exactly? Up, I'm waking up at like 7.30 now. Like, 7.30. Oh, that's and not I, and bad. I, you know, that's like 10.30 a.m. market time. That's right. And then yeah. so, you know, at that time, um, usually these flags start forming. And mm. I'm just like, okay, like, what, let's, what's what's the runner today? What's the yeah. momentum stock today? I'm just looking to see, all right, sit there for an hour or see, all right, what's going to get a bit of continuation here throughout the day? Mm -hmm. make, make a few small trades here and there. Uh, hopefully book in a couple wins, mm -hmm. shut her down, um, and then go and figure out uh, all this business stuff that I'm working on. Oh. And then the other time now, I'm just working on, again, gardening <laughs> and then, you know, playing with my kids. So oh. it's, it's really nice uh, uh, from that regard, but still very busy. I would say busier mm -hmm. than I am than I, when I was working full time at a job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything's sure. a job now, right? Yeah, like, everything like, is. But uh, they're more enjoyable. You quit your nine to five to work. Five to five. Yeah. Just oh, it's five to five. Yeah. <laughs> Almost all day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't played pickleball, but I hey, come try, try it out. I'll, I'll, invite, I'll invite you when uh, when it opens. Okay. You, I need like a coach to help me. <laughs> yeah. There's no coach needed. You just oh, okay. kind of pick it up like trading. Really? Yeah. Oh, you learn from your lessons. Yeah. Go all in, right? Yeah. At once. Go all in. <laughs> go. go. Yeah. No, uh, please, please do not go owing. <laughs> I need like a disclaimer. <laughs> I am not suggesting you to go owing trading. Thank you for sharing so much about like, especially like the specific details about your big wins and losses. I think a lot of times online people hear about the big wins, which they are important, but I think it's important for people to understand. On the other side, there's also like big losses. That's very important to build character and experience for any trader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your, your losses are the ones should, that should you know guide you on what not to do in mm. the future. Right, it's the ones we learn the most, and you know it's it's not a it's not a lesson that that. Um, the one specific person teaches. This is a lesson mm -hmm. that everyone teaches is your losses should should kind of guide you on what you should not do in the future and how mm -hmm. you should learn from them. Yeah. The wins are, are very, actually the wins are the ones that get people the most because they make you feel powerful. They make yeah. you feel like you're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. The losses are where it kind of stops you in your tracks and says, makes you evaluate your trading strategy, your trading mm -hmm. plan and, make, and tells you whether or not your trading strategy is even working, mm. right? Because some people employ trading strategies that only work for so long and all of a sudden, boom, it doesn't yeah. work anymore and you're bankrupt again. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's good. <laughs> Thank you, Keith, for sharing your story. No, it's great. It's, it's always exciting talking about trading yeah. um, because like I, I love trading and, uh, you know, the thrill we get behind it because it is essentially the highs and lows. There's a bit of gambling aspect yeah, here, right? Definitely. And, you know, I like to go to casino a lot before. Now I don't anymore because we got trading, right? Like, <laughs> 
That's funny. Wait, wait online online poker, right? Online said, poker, uh, sometimes in person. I like to play uh, craps. Oh, craps fun. <laughs> I like holding the dice yeah. and just throwing the dice, so it's 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 fun. Oh. But yeah, no, it's great. It's great talking. Remember, it's free to smash the like button, and it's also free to leave me a five star review wherever you find your podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. As always, I'm the humble trader, and I'll see you guys next time.